My name is Leslie Payne. Welcome to Day 24 of Below the Median Income. Some background information about how I came up with this. First is the Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Secondly, on March 12, 2018, Director Joshua V. Barr of the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission said, We have 75% of students experiencing some form of poverty in Des Moines public schools. So what can we do to improve that outlook? Research has shown that if a person remains in an impoverished condition up through their adolescent years, they are more likely to remain in that position as they become older and become adults. That information made me think of a person being in a space that they could see but were not participating in. It evolved into an idea for an art installation of aerial images of Des Moines displayed on the floor. The images placed the visitor outside the space they routinely travel. The audio components are interview recordings obtained from people involved with public or nonprofit organizations. The interviews tell the visitor about where that person routinely travels. The installation contrasts Des Moines ranking as a best-in-nation place to live, Iowa nice reputation of being overly friendly and go out of our way to help fellow citizens, and the visitor's personal story of where they travel in the city. You are listening to the audio component of my project. I didn't want the interviews to be an unheard story in a gallery setting. The best way I thought to prevent that was to make them available as a podcast. My guest for day 24 is Myla. She participated in Movement 515. The program is offered to students in Des Moines Public Schools. Students and mentors attempt to slow down the world and investigate themselves. They work toward becoming change agents, shedding light on the impact human emotion and connection brings to the global community. Movement 515 is an urban arts community where twice a week, students and mentors come together to create spoken word poetry. Thank you for joining me, Myla. What suburb of Des Moines do you live in? I actually live in Inkey. It's kind of like northeast, kind of towards the edge. Where I live, you get off the left exit before you go to Aim, so it's kind of like on the outskirts. Who do you live with? My mom, my stepdad. My siblings. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see a lot of the same type of structures of buildings, basically an enclosed area where it's kind of like a small community, you can say. I see a lot of the neighbors, they know each other, they speak to each other. It's kind of quiet, but then again, people know each other, so they go out there all the time. They're just all around each other, going to each other's houses and everything. But um, I don't know, I, a lot, I see a lot of like the same type of faces. And honestly, when I step outside, I just see a place where like I don't normally fit in at. Or like I've never really been familiar with this type of setting before. What area were you more used to being in? I'm used to being on... This is hard. Because I grew up on the south side of Des Moines. When I was growing up, like in middle school, I moved to actually like Waukee and like the Valley area. 
and I felt out of place over there a little bit too. Just it was just very different dynamics and like environments in terms of just like the neighborhood and how everything looks outside. I came back from those areas. I came into the east side of Des Moines. I stayed there for more than a year, which was like not very familiar, just because we were a family that just were always like moving around. We would never stay in a place um, longer than a year. When I came to the east side, I just felt more comfortable there. I don't know what it was. I mean, I guess I saw a lot of people that kind of looked like me, talk like me, and so I just kind of felt more at home. I didn't feel like I had to try to be a certain way or present myself in a certain manner to where it would be more accepting. Where I really like came into my own, where I became more aware of my surroundings, and, like learning who I am. What languages do you know? I know English, obviously, and then I speak Hmong, which is an Asian language, and I know a little bit of Spanish. Is Hmong what you speak at home? Yes. Do you have a large group of people that you can speak that language with, or is it mostly your media family? There is. There's not a lot of us here in Des Moines, or just Iowa in general. We stem a lot from immigrant families, so who come from Thailand and like China. We're like a, I say a subgroup, actually of like different Asian cultures. I speak with my, my mom at home and then I speak with any family members that I have outside the community. Sometimes if I go to the store and there's someone that I recognize that they speak it, then I might like respond back to them in that. There's a good amount of people, but I would say I can speak more with it to a lot more people when I'm outside of Iowa, like I would say you know, Minnesota or Wisconsin. How do you get from place to place? I drive. Was DART ever your primary way to get from place to place? Yes, it was. I depended on DART heavily when it was my senior year of high school, just because I was actually living in Ankeny, but then I went to Lincoln to take like two different buses to school and back home. And so it was on a time limit because the DART bus that ran to Ankeny stopped at 6 o'clock. I had a time limit right after school if I wanted to go to you know any after school activity that I did to make sure that I was there early or I stayed there for as long as I could and I had to leave and make it to my bus because if I missed my bus I had no way to get home. Describe a typical weekday. What's your life look like? Basically, if it's during school time, then right now I'm currently enrolled um, my second year at DMAT. Typically, I'd wake up, go to school, and right after school, I might have breaks, and then I'll just try to get some studying in or just eat. And basically, I go to work right afterwards, and I'm there until like 10 o'clock at night. I basically repeated the same thing throughout the week, but I try to find time to still get all my creative sessions in, whether that's writing any songs or writing poetry or just writing anything in general. I try to do that as much in between all of the other adulting stuff that I have to do. I also like to read a lot. It's harder for me to just like start a book out of nowhere if it's like something for like an assignment for class. I start on it, like write that. I love listening to music as well. No matter what I was doing, I always had to be listening to music. It's like I have a connection with it. It's important to like make sure that I always get like my little sessions in. I always have headphones on me. I always have something to write with or like my phone. The notepad, if I think of anything, I'm always writing stuff down. During school, my life is just pretty much work, no play. Do you think Des Moines is a place that you're going to stay? 
Des Moines is different than any other city that I've ever been to, and I don't think it's just because like I grew up here. It's just where we are, essentially, and like this, the type of state that we are. I just feel like Des Moines is really unique. I don't know. I feel I really like it here, but sometimes I feel like I could I could do more elsewhere. I've gained all of the resources, like information, knowledge, skills, whatever here, but I feel like I would just get better used to it somewhere else, and then maybe I could come back and feed in. I think about leaving a lot, but I would definitely come back and settle. I would be like a far far future. What's something you do for yourself? I like to take time to myself just to kind of close off everyone and everything. I think it's really important to like kind of have these check-ins because like you might not always have people that would do that for you. So like I try to be that person to where you know. I feel like I haven't sat down and really thought of what was going on in my life or something. Then I like to sit back and do that a little bit. I like to think how how I'm going to move on in life. I do that a lot. I always come up with different ways. Like, okay, what am I doing? How am I going to do this? What is the goal that I have? Do you vote in elections? I tried. So when the recent presidential election happened, I wasn't old enough to vote in. I was very upset. My birthday was going to be a month after it, and I was so close. And I did vote in the recent re-election for governor. I'm trying my best to like get more onto that scene because it's important to me. Why is it important? Politics in, in general is important to me just because I feel like I think that's it's always changing. It's, it's always going to be involved in our lives, even if people think that it's. It's some type of like outside thing that happens that's not around us. But I feel like politics affect everyday lives. I like to stay informed. I like to know what is happening around me. I like to know what I'm talking about. And just the type of person that I am, I'm very outspoken about the things that I'm passionate about. It's important to me just to be knowledgeable on the different types of people that are coming into our city and just who's representing us and who's fighting for us. And when I say us, I guess I have a different. I think of a different group of people when I mention us, but who can be the voice for us? Sometimes I feel like I can be that change, but I'm not there yet. So I try to find who's the best person to go to. These things are important to me just because it affects my everyday life. It affects the people around me. It affects you know how I walk on the streets and how I am on the internet. It's important to just know these things and to understanding what's going on in the world around us. Do you follow a religious practice or go to a place of worship? I used to go to this church, which is like the only low church in Iowa that I'm aware of. But I stopped going there just because, I mean, I'm, I'm Christian, but I'm also really into uh, spirituality and like Buddhism and stuff like that. It wasn't like very heavy strength just because well, in my culture we're originally shaman and then when we came over to the U.S. is when we started to more like switch practices and stuff. Shaman is more old school. I just try to keep an open mind because a lot of things interest me. There will be things in Christianity that I don't exactly agree with or like I just can't bring myself to understand why it would be that way. I look into other religions that I feel like I can resonate with that or I can understand that. So I like to pull those different influences or ideas or anything in my life just because I feel like I don't want to just see one way. I feel like that's just, just narrow-minded and you're just never going to see 
everything else for what it is. What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you? Ooh. How honest people can be. Just because I really cherish that in my life, honesty for sure. I appreciate how loyal those are that are around me just because that doesn't come very often in my life and it's hard for me to trust people. So whenever someone shows me or just kind of shows through their character, I really, really appreciate that as well. I love how protective some of the people are around me too. You know, I've grown up always feeling like I was on my own, always fending for myself. I'm the type of person that's like, I don't want to ask for help. Like, that is the last thing I want to do. Just because I'm like, no, I can do it myself. I got this. I'm independent. I just appreciate how the people around me are so protective and they're always willing to help me back home. When is the last time you asked for help? I'm going to say it was when I was talking to my mother. She... I grew up in an also very traditional household and where I come from, where the elders are not very expressive with their feelings. We shame rather than we accept certain things that happen, which is very unfortunate. So me and my mom, we didn't have the best relationship. We weren't that close. But recently, like, I kind of just told myself, you know, I'm 20 years old now. It's about time that I have a good relationship with my mother just because that is the number one person in my life that I care about and will do anything for and she's the only one that has been there for me. My father wasn't in my life at all and I met him for the first time when I was 16 so she's the number one person I care about so I took it upon myself to you know, go to her and I was dealing and struggling with something very hard in my life and something that had happened to me that I, I just felt like was just weighing on my soul and I needed to come to her and talk to her about it and basically just ask for help, like, you know, what do I do? How do I deal with this situation? I don't know what to do, I'm stuck. Never come to my mom with a situation like this before. Like, I've never asked her for help in this type of way. I always went to my stepfather because he's more open to conversations that can get very deep. Not saying that my mom isn't, but she doesn't have that capacity to have those type of conversations with me, if that makes sense. I came to her and I explained the situation and it turns out that she actually went through the same thing when she was younger. I had never known that before in my life. First time in 20 years I learned this really, really deep, deep secret from my mom and I was like, wow, that's crazy that we both went through the same thing. She opened up to me and I opened up to her. It was something that I needed that I didn't know that I needed. What does success look like for you? Just being at peace, honestly, and just being content with where my life is. Obviously, it would be nice to have a lot of money, but I feel like success is just all about where you are in your life. You know, if, I, if I'm healthy, if, you know, I'm taking care of my business, if I'm doing what I'm passionate about, then to me, that's what being successful is. Being able to do what you want to do, do what you love, and also at the same time helping others. Whenever I think about myself living my life and not having to worry about anything, I don't really think about money being in the picture. It's obviously something that I would appreciate, but I don't need that to be successful. When did you become interested in poetry? Ooh, okay. Honestly, when I first thought about poetry, the first thing that I ever knew, all I knew was just William Shakespeare. And I was like, what is this? 
understand it. If, how is that beautiful? Why does it make any sense? It was my freshman year and I was taking English and we had to learn about William Shakespeare and I was just like, this is ridiculous. And I always heard, you know, poetry, you know, being referred to as something beautiful and something that was just monumental in a way. As I was at East, the assembly and there was the club of Movement Five Five that was ran by Kayla O'Connor. She did a poem and I was like, wow, I want to do something like that. Like how she did it, like she just did it so many different plays on words and everything. And I was just like, the reaction that she received from the crowd was just amazing. I was like, I love that. That affirmation, that that energy, I love it. I want, I want that. I need that. And I want to say it was like the second semester of my sophomore year is actually when I actually went, just because I was so shy. And I wanted to show up already having some type of materials. I didn't feel like I was just some newbie coming in that just wanted to get in on all of the fun. I was in the workshop the entire time, saw how they did their poetry, how they structured it, and I actually learned what spoken word was and how poetry has many different forms. At first, I was just someone like to use rhyming a lot, because that was one of the techniques that we were introduced to, and I just rhymed like every other line. I learned, um, that's not really doing anything, because you know, I learned that our poetry is just, or at least spoken word is telling your story, and it's telling the truth, but telling it's that's how I kind of just figured how to kind of put everything, all the trauma and pain and anything that I've ever gone through in my life and learn how to put it into a poetry form. What opportunities became available to you as a student in the Movement 515? Oh my goodness, so many opportunities were introduced. I never thought I would be someone where I could tell my story and what I've been through and actually have people listen to me and actually take what I'm saying and letting it resonate with them. When I first came into movement, we were introduced to so many opportunities, like performing at different places, uh, putting on shows for organizations and charities. We were able to put our names out there. As student poets, we were able to create a brand for ourselves in a way, you know, and this was something that we were introduced to to see if we wanted to keep continuing doing this, just because eventually this whole organization will be run entirely by the youth. We're all just uh, prepping us to be leaders in our own ways. I kind of learned who I was through that and what I wanted to do and what I was capable of doing and the type of power that I had as a student poet, as a woman poet. How has volunteering your time changed your outlook? The way I grew up was like, um, very based on like, traditions or certain things that we do and don't do in our cultures. There's a certain standard for the women and for the men. I think it's kind of like that in every Asian culture. So I used to think one certain way or like I used to just know that this was like the only, the only way that something was supposed to be done. Before I was introduced to movement, I kind of saw on a one-way track there were certain things around me that would be said that it might not immediately be something that I could like respond to and feel like, oh, okay, that's fine. It was more like a, I don't know if that's okay, but I kind of grew up around this, so maybe it's okay type of way of thinking. When I moved into movement and kind of just got involved in different types of activities that they offer, I started to see the world differently. I started to like see the people around me differently, family members, everything like that. I started to think in a more open-minded way. Before I got to movement, I didn't really think about what I was going to say before I said it, and I was the type of person where I would just listen to respond, not listen to understand. 
before I got into movement, I was just like kind of set on what I wanted to think and say. I might ask you a question, what your thoughts might be, but I already have what I'm thinking in my mind as that's what is said. I wasn't really listening to what the other person was saying, which is not a healthy way of, you know, being a person that has have conversations with people that's not the way you do it at all. I just learned how to be, just to have more humility, to just think in the other person's shoes and not always try to just see through my own eyes. Urban Leadership is a course available to students in Des Moines Public Schools. What is something from that class that plays a role in your life today? It taught me how to be vulnerable just because I never thought I would cry in front of my classmates, but actually feel okay and accepted and not ashamed. It taught me how important it is to know the facts, to know where everything stems from, because everything has a history and there are layers to history. It taught me how to just to be more informative. What opportunities became available to you as a teaching artist now? I have gotten the chance to be offered different types of positions that have to do with different programs that go out of movement. I got to be a teaching artist slash mentor artist in residence at Lincoln and kind of be co-mentor with one of the teachers there and help oversee the students, help coach them, and help educate all about like, the different techniques and poetry. A different opportunity that I was offered with was being able to be an urban arts camp mentor at a central campus for two weeks. It was like a camp to teach all these incoming freshmen and like say sixth through eighth graders just introducing them to movement and what we do, our rituals, introducing them how to do spoken word poetry, how to creatively express themselves, and learning all these different types of techniques. So it was really, really awesome to be able to do that. What challenges do you face mentoring youth? Oh, so many. Oh my goodness. I mean, uh, it's hard because you see yourself in them sometimes. And you remember when you were their age, you remember all the stuff that you experienced that kind of helped you become the person that you are today, so you want to let them do that on their own, but sometimes you have to step in and kind of be that uh, guiding force for them. The challenges I face is having to become the person for them that I didn't have for myself. What motivates you? I guess I can't put it in one word. What motivates me is to just not live the life that I had. Just because, I mean, not saying that it was completely terrible, but I went through some things that no child should have gone through. And I feel like it may have helped shape me into the person that I am today, but I truly feel like it's it's just too damaging. I think about my past and I kind of use it as a way to tell myself, you know what, you're never going to go through that again. You're never going to allow someone to make you feel powerless in a situation. You're never going to allow someone to take away your voice, anything. You're never going to let someone try to downplay anything that you've ever amounted to in your life. Think about just, you know, my kids that I will have in the future and just how I don't want them to go through what I went through and how I want to be a better parent than my parents were to them. To just provide something that is more beautiful and peaceful than I have.